What's going on, Jay? Yo, yo, I got a question. Have you ever heard of this guy named Dirty Johnny? It's a little kid. I've never met Dirty Johnny. Okay, well, for folks out there who know about Dirty Johnny, I'm going to let Chuck know about this little story. When he was in first grade, he was in class, and his teacher was like, we're going to go through the alphabet, and for each letter, we're going to talk about what each letter represents. You tell me a word that represents the letter. So she sees Dirty Johnny in the back, and he sees him, she sees him rubbing his hands together because he knows. She knows he's going to say something that's going to be a little raunchy. Okay. Okay? So she said, okay, class, let's start with A. Johnny's hand shoots up. Ooh! Ooh, I got this one. I got this one. And he, she looks around. She says, okay, um, Mary, A is for apple. He throws his hand down and goes, no, come on, come on, come on. Come on. <laughs> B, Dirty Johnny's hand shoots up, and she knows where he's going. You know what I mean? He's going to that raunch place. So she goes around and says, uh, Donald, what do you got? He says, bird. Excellent. So they go through the alphabet. They go to C. Hand shoots up. They keep going. They keep going. They keep going. She knows every letter she says, he's going to say something offensive. Okay. You hear me, bro? This little kid's going to raunch out and yonk everyone's ears, okay? (laughs) So finally she gets to the letter R. Dirty Johnny puts his hand up. She's like, all right, what letter starts with R? What bad word? Let me All right, Dirty Johnny, what do you got? He goes, rat. And she goes, wow, great. He goes, yeah, a big fucking rat. <laughs> That's the there it is. Sorry, folks. We'll start the show. Well, I don't think it's a podcast and you're listening to it today. July, everybody. July first. This shit ass year is, is 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 halfway over. It's episode thirty eight of the world famous. We're Nora, not. Nora, Nora, Nora. Nora. I'm Chuck. I am Jay. Obviously, we're drunk. We are. We are bombed on uh, Pellegrino. Yeah, Pellegrino and soda pop and general chicken and fizzy drink. Uh, so, guys, right into us, guys and gals. I'm sorry that I, you know. Not Nordic Pod. Yeah, don't be g- gender specific. And g- at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about this new microphone setup. Does it sound okay? Did the last episode sound okay? What do you think? We're trying something different here. Uh, so the uh, the the 38th uh, anniversary <laughs> gift is supposed to be uh, gem- made of the gemstone barrel. Okay. Which is it's a it's a pretty like light blue green, judging by this picture. So uh, we'll be looking for our barrel gifts in the mail. Root beer. Barrel gifts? Uh, B E R Y L. Oh, okay. Root beer. Okay. Um, so, so I, I had a question actually. I was just thinking about it from the last episode before we really get rolling here. Go ahead. Um, was there uh, was there any information on who catered Kung Fu Panda, or do they not do that for co- for uh, cartoons? I, I didn't say it because they didn't do it, and mm-hmm. I sat there. I even went on to IMDb because now I know how to find it. Yeah. Unsuccessful. No, no, they were not um, you don't recognized. Get, you don't get any grub in the vocal booth, huh? But you should. I'm guaranteed they did. I don't think they were making runs to McDonald's and Burger King. <laughs> hey, Jack, get me a number four. <laughs> Do you remember? All right, sorry for a tangent since we're talking about Jack Black, your boy, obviously, because you picked these movies. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely me. 
<laughs> um, remember, remember Johnny Skidmarks? <laughs> <laughs> Do do you remember when he was followed followed around by MTV and he went to McDonald's? This is like the like the beginning when they started doing those like uh, what would you call them? Uh, fame. I think it was called Famous or something along those lines where they would follow around celebrities around you know for for a day. And he went to McDonald's and he got a fish fillet, a chicken sandwich, and a McDouble, and he put them all together with French fries. And he said. It's like a cow rolled down the hill and hit a chicken and fell into the ocean and ate a fish. And he thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever said. <laughs> I actually thought it was pretty. It was pretty <laughs> funny when he was doing. It. He was chowing down on this big giant burger. But any that was thing. that was when those things were. Times really changed, man. I mean, in terms of like, I, I don't know. America is the, the advertising and everything else is just really like. Even if you watch movies and stuff, like. People don't really offer each other sodas anymore. Like it's, it's a, I don't know. That's a, that's just a random observation. People, I mean, people never smoke in movies or anything anymore. It's just you know that's, sad. Yeah, we need to bring them cigs back. Give me a cool. It's it's really it's it's jarring to me. Like if I'm watching an old movie and somebody lights up for no real reason, just because like it doesn't happen anymore. I believe I said that when I was watching uh, the Blair Witch Project. Oh yeah. And they kept smoking, and then when. when my wife was watching wife of the show wife Watts. of the show Melissa former guest yes Melissa. former guest last week um, she was watching Sex in the City and um, the SIG consumption was outlandish on that show <laughs> see I didn't I didn't watch enough episodes to know that liar I watched the whole first season I'll admit it that's enough episodes <laughs> it, was, it was when I was it was when I was I was living with a former roommate of the show Chris friend of the show Chris okay who was in your wedding uh-huh. and uh, I was laid off from our construction job and I had nothing to do and the, you know there was a lot less to watch at that time and I had already watched The Wire and The Sopranos so I was like let me check out Sex in the City and the first season was not SIG heavy I guess it probably was, but I, you okay. know, this was a long time ago, and I, I, I don't think I was really paying that much You're attention. Pro- you had sig allowance. You were like, "This is fine because this is normal now." Yeah, no. Well, oh, I mean, okay, sig- yeah. yeah, I mean, this was two thousand six or something. So sigs were two thousand sigs. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Let's move on. What's in the news, Jay? <laughs> okay, um, three boys hospitalized after trying to gain Spider-Man powers from a spider bite. Really? Yes. Well, that's very stupid. Well, see, you say that. And how dare you? How dare I? Yes. Because these boys love Spidey. Okay. <laughs> okay, so typically when someone reads about the daring adventures everyone's friendly neighbor Spider-Man, they don't think to themselves, that looks like something I could do. Sadly, there's... Unless they're al- stupid. <laughs> Sadly, there's always someone who thinks the opposite. And for these three Bolivian boys, they thought they could speed things along by taking their superhero interest to the nearest source, a Black Widow spider. Where did they even get that? Well, <laughs> well, the three young men found the spider and began poking it with a stick, hoping it would take a little bite. Unfortunately, it worked, and all three were bitten. Are they okay? Uh, let's find out. Instead of being able to, to do whatever a spider can, the young men were all found by their mother crying on the ground. Black Widow spiders... Um, may not grant superpowers to people, but they do come with an intense amount of pain. The boys were rushed to the hospital where they were treated and released. Fortunately, bites like these rarely result in serious complications. Really? I didn't hear that. 
But death can occur in rare circumstances. Rare circumstances? I thought black widows were pretty deadly. Yeah. I thought that was the whole point of the name. For most people, bites cause nausea, profuse, profuse sweating, severe pain in the abdomen and back, muscle aches, hypertension, and uh, paralysis to the diaphragm, which can cause difficulty in breathing. breathing. Interesting. Now, now, this takes me back to, you know, you were you a Three Stooges head? Were you a stooge head? Yeah, I like the stooges. Now, did you ever beat the living crap out of people like the three stooges? No, I mean, my thing was more wrestling. Like, we, like, we definitely like imitated what we saw in wrestling. Okay. Now, did you ever pile drive somebody? Yeah, for sure. Okay, then how dare you say that these kids are idiots because they were doing the same exact thing. They watched Spidey 1. Okay. Okay. Starring Cider House Rule Star. <laughs> Tobes. Tobes. Chubboy Tobes. <laughs> Chubboy Tobes McGuire. <laughs> and they thought they were going to get some boombastic powers. But instead they got yonked and sent to the hospital. They did get it. Man, that is... Yo, that, is that spider went Uncle Buck Wild on them. <laughs> that is a t- some serious pain. Okay, let's, let's check. We can check those off the okay. list six minutes and 50 <laughs> seconds in. Um, did they say how old the kids were? Did you mention that? Did I miss it? Uh, I think it just says young, it says young boys. The three young men. Hmm. So it says men now, but it says they were boys. So which, what is it? Yeah, you know, now that I think about it, this could have been something Paul Brown might have tried to talk me into at one point when we were youngsters. Dude, imagine climbing that building just by <laughs> one bite. Let's go. It's possible. Uh, yeah, well, I'm glad they're not. I'm glad they're recovering. Exactly, and, and to my shock, I really thought that a black widow would wipe them out. Especially, yeah. I thought kids and elderly usually are the ones that get uh, Yeah, that movie Arachnophobia really lied to me. Really? John Goodman, man. That, that movie scared the shit out of me But when I was a little kid. that's. Uh, no, no, I, I need to ask you, what part scared you the most? Um, when I think when that guy, uh, when the, the original spider comes back to the U.S., and they open up his coffin, and he's all fucked up because the, spider, t- oh, the spider sucked him dry. Yeah. You know what part scared the hell out of me? Tell me. When uh, the old doctor just got off the treadmill and put his slipper on. Yeah. And he's like, oh! Dude, I definitely looked inside my slippers for a while Dude, after that, that before I put them on. Because that little spider comes crawling out, and he's like, it felt like I was bit by a cougar or something like that. I didn't realize until I got older that that movie was supposed to be funny. Uh, <laughs> really? What? Yeah, it's, it's, it's classified as a horror comedy. Really? I'll, I'll, now, do you think it's only classified that way because of John Cam- Not John Cam- John, John Goodman. Goodman. John Goodman's role. I don't because- know. I, you know, it's been... It, like, traumatized me as a youth, so it, I've been, I'm not going to lie. It's been a long time since I saw that movie. Maybe maybe we need to revisit it. Yeah, because from what I remember is that it was a serious movie up until John Goodman got into the thing. Yeah. Honestly. Because he plays the exterminator, right? Right, exactly. In the whole movie, they're calling him Dr. Death because everyone keeps dying. And it was... I thought it was a... You know, a serious, a serious role. We might have to let's table yeah. that. Let's yeah, table that. For, uh... Okay, I'm gonna, I got one more news story. Let's let, let's not get you know. <laughs> I was gonna say it again, but I'll stop. Okay, man attempts to reheat food on packed flight leaves passengers baffled. Now I'm gonna show you this picture. This is how he heated it up. He's putting it up to the light. He's putting it up. He's holding his slice of pizza up to the like flight attendant service light. I mean, my first reaction to that is like, you're a fucking coward, just eat cold pizza. Right, and, and you know, th- what they say in the story is he could have just asked 
the flight attendant just to throw it in the microwave. Yeah, I'm sure they have the microwave back there. Right. It says, a picture of the event was posted um, to a passenger shaming Instagram account with the caption, just warming up some leftovers. Alongside the picture, a man holding the slice of pizza up to the cabin light above his seat. He was actually trying to heat the pizza slice by a tiny LED, and apparently he was serious about getting it done. Comments on the picture included gems like, you can't fix stupid. That's a gem? Yeah, that's kind of cliche, yeah, exactly. in my opinion. And that's an LED light. It doesn't put out heat. These are the gems they picked out. That's, a, that's such a literal insult. <laughs> but the best comment was likely to be the most honest. I'm disgusted, but it could definitely be worse. First off, whoever, whoever did this article saying that those are gem and quality comments, come on. Right now, think of something to write about a guy heating up a pizza on the thing. Um... Uh... You're, I'll stand with what I said. You're a fucking coward. Just eat your pizza cold. How about cabin pressure pizza? Come on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> cabin pressure pizza. So, um, I think that blew them all out of the water. Can't fix cabin pressure pizza. That's a stretch, man. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I had more time, I'd write something better, but it wouldn't be can't fix stupid. You, yeah, do you no, agree? No, that's that's a terrible. You know, yeah. if you're if you're gonna, I, I I'm becoming less and less of a fan of the idea of flaming people on the internet as it is. But if you're gonna do it, at least make it count. I mean, yeah, the one that you sent me earlier with Nickelback. I mean, that <laughs> one was phenomenal. Look at this photograph. Yeah, that was excellent. Let me see if I can pull that up real quick, and let me see if I can describe it the best I can. Okay, so Andy Reese on Twitter. Andy Reese. Okay, he wrote. As an ex-employee of the BOK Center, I think it is important to state that Nickelback sold out the arena twice. Twice. And that is where Trump held his rally, correct? Yes. So someone commented and said, in his defense, Trump never made it as a wise man, and he couldn't (laughs) cut it as a poor man stealing, which is brilliant. And then there's another picture of the event. It's a picture of it, and it's not filled. And then someone wrote in all capitals, look at this photograph. <laughs> now that is an excellent internet. Yeah, no, that's that's a flame that's flaming situation. Yes. So that's all my news. I'm gonna keep it brief. Boxers. Keep it in keep it boxer briefs. Exactly. So you got a little you got that support, but you got a little you know, whatever. Exactly. Um so but you had another time we wanted to talk about the the best a uh, uh, musical recording by a comedian is that was that uh, the the topic you wanted to bring up? Well, I, what I want to talk well, the floor is yours, Senator. Okay. Well, what I want to talk about is how stand stand up comedians all wanted to be. I, I don't think they only wanted to be a comedian. You know, do you think there was there, there had to be something deeper in their mindset where they wanted to achieve more greatness with music? You know what um, I mean? What do you feel? Well, I, I think it's just like... like for, well, the, for instance, think of the Blues Brothers. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, that was... Yeah, well, that was... I, I, I think uh, Belushi and... Yeah, because Aykroyd like, still tours and does music, doesn't he? Like, I think music was an ambition that the both of them had pretty pretty young. But I think in the case of somebody like... Um, I don't know, like Chris Rock or something, it's just... Like, it's almost like kind of going in the tradition of... Um, like, did you watch that movie about uh, Rudy Ray Moore, Dolomite is my name, with Eddie Murphy? No, I did not. 
Yeah, so it's like like he did comedy albums, and I'm pretty sure they they included like foul, funny songs. And I, for some people, I think it's it's almost just like uh, continuing in that tradition, you know. Oh, okay. I think that yeah, I guess that's fair enough. Along the lines of Adam Sandler, and, you know. Yeah, I mean, because like like when Sandler, which by the way, the first two Adam Sandler uh, comedy CDs, uh, "What the Hell Happened to Me," and. Um, they're all going to laugh at you? They're all going to laugh at you. Was that the name of the first one? I don't know if it was the name of the first one. Well, the first one had, they're, they're all going to laugh. Anyway, his, <laughs> fir- his first two, the one with Tollbooth Willie and the one with uh, Steve Polychronopoulos, those those were pretty seminal for me as a kid. I, I, I don't know about you. No I, no, I do agree. That had the, uh, the, what was it, the therapist, the farting therapist? Right? Oh, or the you're going to fall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, I, and the count of three, that was you. That was not me. (laughs) You're going to fall asleep. You're going to, you're going to not think about a cigarette. And then, uh, yeah, the first one had, uh, the, the excited Southerner and, uh, uh, the Thanksgiving song, which comes on the radio every year still really, I think. Yeah, so anyway, so, yeah, I mean, those were, like, he would do, like, three or four skits and then a song. Like, it was, like, three-quarters skits to song. Right, Cheech and Chong did that, too, didn't they? Dave, they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What, was, uh, what the hell was the name of their song? Um, oh, I can't remember. Well, I know that I know the skit was uh, when he, he, was, uh, he was calling for Dave. Oh, yeah. Dave's, Dave's not, not here, here man. man. Yeah. Yeah, uh... I gotta. It's gonna drive me nuts. The name of that Cheech and Chong song. So I'm well, here. Gonna, let, let me let me play. Let me play you. Let me play you some. Let me play you some songs. Earache my eye. Yeah, that's the name <laughs> of the song I was thinking of. And let me see if you. How about this? You guess the uh, the artist. The artist. You're oh. gonna get it. I know. But let's see if everyone else can play at home. We'll give you a, a five second play. Okay. And let's see if you can guess. I, I know maybe one song. I hope you like it. Right. <laughs> Well, that sounded like Jimmy Fallon talking. Very good. It is Jimmy Fallon. I've and never heard this song before, though. I think this this video was pretty much made just so he could make fun of old, like, 80s. Yeah, I don't find him funny. Yeah. Yeah. But here's, here's, here's a little, um, here's a little, here's a little info about this video. Zoe Deschanel is his girlfriend in this video. Now, do you know that Zoe Deschanel was also in the Offspring video, Girls Got Issues? She's Got Issues? Yeah, is that, is that She's yeah. Got Issues? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Offspring fan? Wasn't that off Americana, bro? No, I think that was even uh, that was even later. I don't think so. I think, it, I think it was on Americana, wasn't no, it? No, I think... Uh, bro, pull it up. Come I th- on. I think Americana has Why Don't You Get a Job. That was the... Or no, Americana has... Um, Pretty fly for a white guy. That yes. Was, actually, Americana might have. Why don't you get a job as well? Man, this is such a tangent. Well, let's, <laughs> well let's, no, no. It's about Zoe Deschanel. She's in this music video with Jimmy Fallon. So uh, this, this is relevant. Americana. And he's pulling it up, folks. And I got, I got, I got. She, go ahead. Uh, yeah, she's got issues. Was on that album. You're absolutely right. Okay, say well, that. Wait, was that last part you just? You're said? absolutely right, <laughs> Thank Jason. You. I nice job. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, man. So this had. Pretty Fly for a White Guy, She's Got Issues, and Why Don't You Get a Job. So it had three of their trademark, like, <laughs> stupid joke songs on it. But it also had... Na, 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 na. 
No, right? that, is, that is on Ixnay oh, and no, the Ombre, no. 100%. You're, you're, okay, I agree. You're absolutely... But there is one more song on that album that is really good. Kids Aren't Alright, man. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah, well... It, I have I have some like among people our age my my opinions on the offspring are a little controversial. <laughs> towards what? Towards, I, I, towards I, I don't think they're very good. I oh. like like I like I I don't even think the good albums hold up really. Yeah, I remember you saying something about not liking Smash. Yeah, it's I just that's I, offensive. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so Smash like there's a song about like getting angry when somebody cuts oh, you right. off in traffic, and it's like, homie, you were. He was born in 1965, so he was 30 years old, still going. <laughs> right. When I show my peace, complete cease. Shut up. God. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I saw the Offspring. Uh, I mentioned on the last show that I saw um, Blink 182. I, I got to go to Warp Tour in AC for free last summer, and I saw uh, Blink 182. They closed, but the Offspring played right before them. You know, it was. It was it was a pleasant uh, um, trip back to my youth, but I just I don't know. Then there's two bands, them and Pennywise are the bands that I listened to a lot as a kid. Where I was like, yeah, I just don't think that holds up real well. I mean, giving it up, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like sixty. Stop. Yeah. It's it's time. All right. Well, let's let's see if you can guess. Listen, if you could if you could like pull the plug on my band before I become like a total parody of myself, I re- like break my bass before that happens, <laughs> bro. I'll only break it. I'll take it. Oh, there you and go. Then, and then when you clear your head, I'll give it back to you. All right, sounds good. Okay. Now, now what about this one? Oh, hell yeah. Now, this is a, now, this is a Sam comedian who went for a song that was very shocking. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, dude, this is a jam and a half right here. Oh, I agree. The thing, the thing I don't understand about this, the second verse. Okay. He talks about... Well, let's just let this artist sing, and let's see if the people out there can guess who it is. A lot, of, a lot of younger people probably don't know about this song. Dude, this this song is fucking good. I don't, I, I don't care. <laughs> I agree. Gotta get to the hook. Oh, yeah. Oh, the 80s. You had to be there. Here it is. Now, for the uninitiated listeners, any of our any of our younger listeners, that is the one and only Eddie Murphy yes. with his honest-to-God pop hit, Party From All the Time. Right? Was he in Bowfinger? Yes, he wasn't, but that yeah. song was way before that. No, it wasn't. It came out the same... That's a joke. Calm down. <laughs> um, I think Pr- I think Prince might have produced that because it it, it kind of just sounds like a Prince song. Well, isn't it? Isn't who's uh, Rick James is in it too? Isn't oh, Rick it? James. That's yeah, it. I think yeah, Rick yeah, James yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, but uh, like I think that was a legitimate number one hit, if I remember correctly. The problem I don't don't like is he talks he talks about my girl likes to party all the time. How was it his girl? You know what I mean? Because the one scene he says that his girl stays out all night <laughs> and doesn't spend time with him. I don't know, man. You might be nitpicking a little bit. No, I'm being serious. He buys her jewelry, buys her champagne. You know, I, if, I, if I had to guess to yeah. how that song was written, I'd say they came up with the hook and just wrote around it. I agree. Um, but, I mean, so so if you're trying to, if your um, motivation in this segment is to try to get to the bottom of why 
people with a successful career in comedy try to do music. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think it's one thing. I think in Eddie Murphy's case, he was just very ambitious and just wanted to, like, rule entertainment from every direction. You know what I mean? That's fair. Yeah. yeah. And what would you say about someone like this, though? About me. About you. About the way our Why did he do it? Way down in the bottom of our chests. About that special feeling we get in the cockles of our hearts. The cockles. Maybe below the cockles. Maybe in the subcockles. The subcockles. Maybe in the liver. Maybe in the kidneys. Well, this is from what? Maybe nine, even nine, in the colon. 93 or something? I believe. 94, 93? Yeah, yeah this is... For those, for the young bucks, this is Dan. This is Dennis Leary from the TV show Rescue Me. Which, by the way, I love that show for the first couple of seasons. So did I. That was a it, great it show. It got really bad at some point, though. Like that was one of those shows that where I only finished because I was like, I've invested so much time into this already. I <laughs> right. got to see it through. No, I got you. Um, well, I, it's kind of similar to that. That was kind of a similar situation to Sandler, right? Because. Like, like, wasn't No Cure for Cancer? Like, it had a few songs, but it was mostly stand-up? Uh, correct. It had uh, it had the hit song, Bleep Hole. Yeah. I'm a bleep hole. I'm a bleep hole. And it also had um, Voices in My Head. Sure. And I, rem- I remember a lot of bits from, from that one. It was like... A, that, was an ex- that was an excellent CD. Drugs! I did, I did my share, and his share, and his share. <laughs> I did his share, and your share, and his share. <laughs> Cocaine. We invented that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and I mean, I, I have, I have, a, I mean, we get the idea of where I'm going with this, you know, but I mean, I have like Sandra Bernhardt, yeah, you it's know, Adam Sandler, yeah, I, I think, I, I think, yeah, if you're, if you're looking for like why, like they can't be just content with doing comedy, like I think, it, I think it varies by person, and obviously the, uh, the success of it is going to vary according to you know what they try to do with the song or whatever, and it's, it's, I mean, you wonder if. In 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 2020, like, like who's a real, like who's a real popular comedic actor now? Like uh, comedic actor Will Ferrell. I mean, like, could Will Ferrell have a huge hit like Eddie Murphy did in '84 or whatever that was? I mean, yeah, he probably could. Yeah. I mean, the people. It, Whoa. Wow. Um, Hopefully, you heard that, folks. Mark the time. Mark the day. <laughs> Wasn't there all? Isn't there a whole conspiracy theory about how that's like psychological warfare, and they're trying to drive us all nuts? What's that? Those those big those firework sounds late at night that everybody keeps hearing. Oh no, I don't believe so. Yeah, I read that on Q and not. Oh really? <laughs> mark mark that down. Um, <laughs> yeah, like um, I mean, there's there's people like like the Lonely Island, like oh, they, okay. they like they do right. movies and and records and so seem to be pretty successful at it. Yeah, my nephew told me about this uh, rap artist called Little Dicky from Philadelphia, yeah, right? Yeah, Little Dicky. And he says he really like he says he's really funny and he raps really well. So yeah, he's he, little dick. He's got some talent for sure. That that that's the plus I have to having a seventeen-year-old now, eighteen-year-old nephew. That is that, that is, is mind-blowing. mind-blowing to me it that is. he's eighteen now. <laughs> yes. But that's 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 a different story. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, when did we blink our eyes and get old? <laughs> I don't know. We probably blinked them about one hundred eighty-two times. Oh my heavens! All but right. yeah, that's what I wanted. To do. I wanted to try and figure out. I just thought it was interesting that I was looking through a bunch of stand-up comedians, and they all had these songs. I mean, there there are artists, there are stand-up comedians who just do songs, like you said, Lonely On. But also, there's that Stephen Lynch, who have a oh, sta- yeah. who have a stand-up aspect with the music. I thought it was Liam Lynch. 
Is it late? No, no, Liam Lynch did... Uh, That's the guy that worked with Tenacious D. Right, that was Syphil and Ollie and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, Okay. Um, Stephen, okay. No, Stephen Lynch I thought was the guitar player. So who's your favorite musical comedian? Musical comedian? Well, it doesn't have to be, like, strictly music, but... I mean, that Adam Sandler album, like you said, was definitely... That was, that was important. Yes, <laughs> that was very important. But you know what? Jerky Boys as well. They had that... Uh, oh, man. They had that jerky... Uh, Play with your cock and balls for mama. <laughs> Come on, lay down by the pool. Pull out your cock and balls. You got some balls and, and some, some cock. cock. <laughs> it's, I, I, I'm sure a 12-year-old kid hearing that today wouldn't find it as funny. But, exactly. man, that shit was funny when we heard it. Yes. So, I mean, that's that's my little... Uh, Matter of fact, uh, at my last job, I, I just a friend of mine who's... 29 now he might have been 25 or 26 at the time we played him the jerky boys and he didn't he didn't get it like at all like it's just right it's it's weird it's weird to think that we're like in the generation where some of the shit that we hold sacred just doesn't connect with younger people but you know that's where we're at now i guess well i guess i guess my nephew is 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 in our realm because i remember i bought him the uh there's a there's there's one called little elves okay where (laughs) they use a bunch of sound effects and he was crying uh, how funny that was! Okay. And uh, friend, friend of the show, Colleen, she is a big uh, Jerky from Discount Boys Cemetery. From Discount Cemetery, she is a big fan as well of the Jerky Boys. So, I mean, you shout can't out. You can't beat those first two Jerky Boys albums. Well, one, one, three, and four; those are excellent for me. You, you didn't like two? I was not a fan. Dude, of Dude, two. two's got roofing. That might be my favorite Jerky Boys sketch. Two, I think they got a little too crude. They went a little hard on all their uh, prank calls. They went blue. Major. <laughs> they went blue. We're talking um, ocean. I, I I don't think you're a fan, but I would I would I would pull put a quick mention to uh, Flight of the Concords. Okay. I've, been, I've been a pretty big fan of them ever since their HBO show. Right, and that and that that's I, but I would consider that more of the Lonely Island aspect, though. Yeah, because even their show was musical, like the like well, the even, show. Well, even like uh, even you know groups like the Mighty Boosh. The, the, yeah, the, those guys, the same exact thing. Shout out to Freddie Vacant. He turned me onto the Mighty Boosh oh, many okay. years ago. Pretty vacant. Um, all right, yeah. So uh, that was uh, that was a little uh, uh, discussion that uh, you know <laughs> we it, we it. I don't know that it went anywhere, but no. we I think we made some decent points, and we'd love to hear from you. What are your favorite uh, musical comedians? Or your favorite comedian? Like, let us know because I'm interested in hearing some new funny stuff. Yeah, I mean, is is like sometimes. I mean, this is a whole other can of worms, but sometimes I wonder if stand-up comedy is becoming a dead art. I, I don't. See, we could have went to that realm. <laughs> yeah, we kind we kind of had that talk before we went on the air, almost. Yeah. But and that, that talk's not that funny. Yeah. So, but please reach out to us. Not Nordic Pod at, at gmail dot edu gov dot com dot gov dot org. Yes. Clownpenis dot fart. Oh my gosh! An old SNL bit. Oh yeah, we'll be back with punching bags. I was lying. Uh, we're gonna do another, we're gonna you, do guys. another segment before we do punching. You bags. just got July first. July first. Okay? It's kind of like April first, but it's in July, and you just got yunked. What's everybody doing? Third power. What's everybody doing for our nation's birthday? In a few days. Are you gonna be setting off fireworks like everybody's been doing already for the past three months? Are you gonna what? be barbecuing? What's your barbecue sauce of choice? Right in not Nordic Pod at gmail.com. What's your barbecue sauce of choice, and why is it Sweet Baby Ray? Is it Sweet Baby Ray? Is it Bullseye? <laughs> Bullseye is underrated. I'll have to give him that. Well, we'll have to do a more extended barbecue sauce chat some other time. <laughs> okay, um, sounds good. Okay, so 
continuing with uh, we've been doing uh, 20... 24-hour quarantine playlist. Yes. So uh, for when your particular state gets overwhelmed by COVID-19 again and you t- you're you told to go back inside sometime this fall, uh, Jay, uh, I gave my playlist. So some uh, characters from the periphery of the show gave their playlists. And now it's time for one uh, Jason to take the floor. Tell us what you got, my friend. What, what would you watch if you were stuck in the house for 24 hours? Okay, folks, you ready? I'm just going to go through this list, all right? Go through Are the list, ready? bro. All right, so here we go. Is there any, like, caveats here? Oh, there, just... there, it's, I, I wake up at 6. I actually slept in, okay? Oh, shit. Okay, so the first thing I do is I'm not even eating breakfast yet. Okay, first thing, 6 to 7.40, I'm watching Poltergeist 3. Oh, shit, start, bringing it back. I'm starting the day with Poltergeist 3. Then at 7.40 to 8 o'clock. Former punching bag, Poltergeist 3. <laughs> yes. Check the archives for that one. 7.40 to 8 o'clock, I'm making breakfast. What are you having? Okay, I'm having an onion bagel with cream cheese, pork roll, fresh Jersey tomato, two eggs over easy, a cup of OJ, and a cup of coffee. That is a that is a spectacular. The the detail of that is practically TJ esque. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I learned from the best. Nice man. job, man. Shout out to TJ. Shout out to TJ. All right, so then I'm watching from eight o'clock to nine forty one. I'm watching Little Monsters. Oh yeah. Okay, we that's... got that Fred Savage, Howie Mandel team going, and we're enjoying ourselves. I'm shocked you went that way and not the Wizard, but okay, go uh, ahead. Okay. Oh. So 9:41 to 11:41, I'm watching Back to the Future three. Three. Exactly. Huh? That skipping that's, in line. That's no, that's my jam. Okay. okay? That is my. I, I go three, two, one, and you go two. Or no, you go one, two, three. I'm right? a one, two, three type okay, of guy. Yeah. yeah. All right. So from 11:41 to one o'clock, I'm gonna start listening to some records. All right, what are, we, what okay. are we jamming to? Something. So so recently, Melissa and I, we ordered some stuff from Mondo, and we got the uh, the Roger Rabbit soundtrack. Oh. So we're going to listen to that. And then Spencer from Discount Cemetery actually bought me the uh, the Burb soundtrack. Awesome. So I'm going to listen to that. So I had, um, real quick. I Go had, for it. I had, um, I, I don't even know that they would do this. Did they, I don't know. I'm shocked they, they did this to tie in with movies, but... I had an audio cassette of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Really? Like it was just like the like, and it was like an official movie tie-in thing too. I remember like it, you know, it wasn't like I taped the audio off the off the movie or anything. And, well, I gotta look into that. That is pretty interesting. And I used to listen to it in my Teddy Ruxpin when I went to bed. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty creepy. I was like three, dude. Fuck off. I'm not calling you creepy. I'm saying Teddy Ruxpin speaking. Like the music, well, what, well, I, moving its mouth. What I was gonna say is, uh, I, like, I would fall asleep to that, and then, like, an hour after I fell asleep, when that fucking scene came on, when Christopher Lloyd started talking in his real voice, I would oh always, "Boy, remember me, Eddie? When I killed your brother, right? And I talked like this. Yeah, yes. I would always wake up scared. Oh God." Yeah, that is frightening. That is uh, nightmare-inducing. Great movie, though. Anyway, yes. go on. All right, Burb soundtrack is not from Mondo. That's from Waxworks. Thank you, okay. Spencer. And then I got the Snail Mail LP Lush. I haven't listened to that yet. I've heard the MP3s and stuff, but I want to listen to it on vinyl I, uh, just to be a cool guy. Yeah, I, I read about her. It's just one girl, right? Uh, it's Well, she has a band, but yeah, it's her. Yeah. She's from Baltimore, I believe. I came across that, and I think I asked somebody... Like, would I like that? And he was like, no, absolutely not. So I never, I never listened to it. No, her fir- her, dem- her demo or her first EP that she put out, you would enjoy. Yeah? That thing is really, really good. All right. All right, so then 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock, we're going to get some lunch. 
Okay. okay. I'm going to the Piccadilly on 206. Oh yeah, Shemung. Shemung. I'm getting the uh, I'm getting the sampler platter, the bar, the uh, the buffalo sampler platter. So okay. What what comes on that? That's four shrimp buffalo style, four scallops buffalo style. Oh, buffalo four. style scallops. Bro, it'll blow your rindles. Okay. Four scallops, uh, four buffalo tails, and four wings, and I'm gonna get a fizzy drink. I'm gonna get some soda pop. Okay, I'm gonna get a Coca-Cola Classic. Uh, well, that's you can't go wrong with that. Right. Oh wow, he is showing. It's what does it say? An audio book? Disney storyteller book and audio cassette. And, wow. I definitely. Yeah, wow, it's. I'm glad it's, it, it was a uh, red tape with yellow writing. It's just how I remembered it. So that's it's awesome. it's always comforting to know that a memory you have from that long ago isn't completely <laughs> wrong. You know. I agree. So then, from two to three o'clock, we're watching the state VHS from 1995. Yeah. Okay. It had all the greatest hits like Doug. I want to step my balls in it. Um, so then here's where we go a little Uncle Buck, Buck Wild. Wild. You're going to yonk us? I'm going to yonk you with this one. So from 3 p.m. to 4 a.m., we're watching the Salute Your Shorts bootleg DVD-R set that I let you borrow. Hell yeah. Okay. So that's from 3 p.m. to 4 a.m. So we're doing the whole series? We're doing the whole series. I'm wow. sitting there, and I'm just getting... We're, we're, we're doing the Michael Stein years. We're doing the Penske years. We're doing... We're doing it all. We're going uh, to have... Uh, we're going to see Ugg fall in love with... Who who was it? Mona? Mona, the uh, male lady. Yeah, we're yes. going to see... Um, we're going to uh, see, uh, see Budnick uh, and Michael do the puzzle. Yeah, and eat a lot of ice cream. Right, we're going to see... We're going to see Budnick say he doesn't want to swim in the lake because fish fart in it. I mean, great, <laughs> great lines. We're going to see Sponge win the radio call-in contest because he... <laughs> <laughs> just, just all if if you know if you don't know if you don't know what we're talking about here, you're clearly younger than us. Yes, we're gonna see donkey lives give half of the peace sign to the Wh- cop. But which half? Exactly. <laughs> then the sirens come on. So classic show. So then we're gonna go to four thirty to five. We're gonna watch a few episodes on YouTube of Video Power. Do you remember this show? Uh, I think so. Describe it. It's a show where you come on there and they you. It's like a it's a game show for kids and video games. So what you do is they they had like a uh, they had a time where the, you would play against each other and the best and the best people with the best scores would then do a like a um, a quiz. So then everyone the quiz ran this thing at the end where where you'd you'd have Velcro on you yeah, and so you, you could you could you grab as many games as you could. Yes, and put them totally on. Totally remember that. Yes. Yeah, it came on before Bozo the Clown on Saturday mornings. I think it actually came on, bro, before um, Zoobly Zoo. And I'm not joking. Zoobly zoo. Yes, I think I think that it was, I think it was um, video power and then zoobly zoo. But you might be right. Bozo might have been actually Bozo might have been before. God, listen to this podcast if you want <laughs> if if you want to hear two dudes in their mid slash late thirties talk about things from when obscure shit from when they were kids. Oh my dear lord. So we got. Oh, I'm sorry. That was uh, that was four thirty to five, but I forgot. I missed four to four thirty. We're gonna watch an episode of Out of This World. Do you remember that show? No. There was a girl named Evis, who her dad was from another planet. Oh, and the okay. crystal next to the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the episode where she d- uses her magic touch, which can put her two fingers together and pause time. Yes. She plays a baseball game, <laughs> and the pitcher throws the ball. She pauses it and then puts the ball behind his foot. It's a great episode. <laughs> Didn't that girl go on to like have drug problems or something? Am I, I, am, I make, am I making that up? I do not know. That's something we might have to look into. So uh, from five to six to close the night out, we're gonna watch two episodes of Perfect Strangers. Ah, we're gonna available wa- on Hulu. We're gonna watch season six, 
We're going to watch episode 97. It's called Safe at Home. This is one of my favorite episodes when I was a kid. All right, what does Cousin Balky do in this one? Um, cousin Larry Appleton and Balky Bartokamus. Larry buys a chair where you can sit in it and the speakers are in the headrest. Okay, yeah, I remember when that was a thing. And when you sit in the chair, you can only hear the music when you're in the chair. Okay. So Larry sits down and he's <laughs> and the gambler's playing. So, Gotta know when right. to hold So him. he sings it and then, you know, Balky slowly sits into the seat and starts singing with him. But what happens is they it gets stolen. Their, their apartment gets broken into. Okay. So they get this high-end security system. Okay. So at the very at the very end, you know, you know, things ensue. I mean, this is from what I remember. Sue, I don't know her. Yeah, in Sue. Yeah. So she. They, You're in, uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so what happens at the end? Like the the alarm's going off and they can't turn it off and they're like, poison gas is about to be released. So they bought another chair. So they take the chair and throw it out the window to get out. And of course, the alarm resets itself and nothing happens. Naturally. So. Uh, and then the other episode is Speak Memory. Okay. That is episode 113. 113. That's where... So that's a later one. That's where Larry loses his memory, and Balky tries to help him remember by, like, dropping, like, major hints, and because uh, he's meeting his... Um, his girlfriend's mom for the first time. Oh boy, that's a convenient in, inconvenient time to lose one's memory. Exactly. <laughs> no, but hey, it happens. So he's <laughs> yeah, sitting, Lord knows. So he's sitting at the table, and his his uh, girlfriend's mom says, "How long have you been at the um, how long have you been at your job?" And then Balky rushes over with these with this big thing of corn. He's like, "Take some corn. Take three ears." <laughs> Take three ears, and he keeps saying it. Something tells me the girlfriend and the mom eventually get wise to what's going on, though. Right, right, and then and there's a sympathetic. Why didn't you just tell me? I accept you for who you are. I could have helped you through this. I believe that's what happened. I don't know. And that's the end of that's the end. That that that's my uh, 24 hour playlist. The end. So what you had so you had another one? Is that what you said? Oh, my other one was just really. It was just as bad. I had, I just I was like, you know what? Let me try and do a real one. So six to six forty five. I had the breakfast. And then 6.45 to 7, let's take a shower. <laughs> and then 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. is season one uh, of The Killing. Oh, yeah, I gotta, wa- I gotta watch that, yeah. Yeah, and then, then the rest was, I think, Band of Brothers. And then that was it. <laughs> that, was, that was the entire playlist. I, mean, I was you like, you know what, that's not fair. Can't really hate on that. Band of Brothers is pretty sweet. Oh, Band of Brothers and The Killing, both of those two things together are amazing, but I wanted to... Mix up a little bit. Watch them. My, my next playlist is just going to be The Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> my 86-hour playlist. Yeah, mine's going to be just Seinfeld. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, exactly. man. Exactly. Um, yeah, maybe we can do top 10 Seinfeld episodes at some point. I don't know. Um, I all enjoy right. that. Well, that's Jay's uh, 24-hour playlist. We're still accepting 24-hour playlists because, like I said, I don't mean to be cynical, but I think all signs are pointing towards quarantine again at right. some point in time. We don't seem to really have our hands around this virus at all. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm hoping that I'm wrong, but uh, I, I don't think that I am. But but what, what do you guys think? You let us know. Send us your 24-hour playlist, or are you a fan of old 80s you know, TV I thought you were shows? about to say, are you a fan of COVID-19? No, <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's any COVID-19 fans out there. Do you, but, remember that, do you remember that show that came from Outer Space, The Two Twin Brothers? I think we talked about this before. I, I didn't really watch it, but I, I've, I, yeah, I, I remember its existence. Yeah, I want to revisit that sometime. I wonder if that's streaming okay. somewhere. <laughs> we'll have to find out. All right, now we're, we're going to be back with Punching Bags for real. For real. 
Typical finale and the world famous uh, trademark segment, punching bags. No, he's joking, guys. You just got July first yet again. <laughs> yeah, no, Re- we have eight, Jul- we July 1st. eight more segments. <laughs> okay, so this one talks about why do dogs' breath smell bad? We're going to talk, talk to Spencer about every one of his favorite movies ever, since everybody seemed to have a problem with the length of that Spencer episode, uh, hey, which man, I, I happen to really like. I like that episode too. Yeah, that and was... that's the episode I give to people, and I'm like, here, check out the podcast because it's something that I really enjoy. Yeah, that's the, the. I think it. Anyway. All right, so let's, uh, yeah. so let's talk about. It. So why do dogs' breath stink, guys? All right, so, so anyway. punching bags is our is our attempt to uh, revisit uh, movies or TV or I guess or, or music that um, were sort of ignored by either critics or uh, the the public in general or shit on or whatever whatever. And we we go back and or whatever whatever whatever, whatever. Great description. Well, that's you know I was kind of I was in the muscle memory check. Well, I, I was kind of trying to I was kind of trying to to July first you there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, yes. Yeah, I so, got reverse July first. Yeah, so these are things that were shit on in one way or another, and we go back and decide whether or not they deserve to be shit on. That's that's the long and the short of it. Yeah. And we grade things out of ten. My grading scale. Is uh, Viking broadswords? Yes, and mine is diamond encrusted battle axes. And we're going to start with movies this week. This is week three of our Jack Black Film Festival. Oh boy! Uh, this week we are talking about 2006's Mexican American sports comedy drama film. That's me quoting from um, Wiki. Uh, Nacho Libre. Uh, so once again, this is two uh, J picks this week. So why'd you put Nacho Libre in the bag, Jay? When I saw the trailer for this movie, I hated it immediately and never wanted to see it. Didn't think it was funny. I thought that it was going to be utter, complete dog breath. So um, why does dog breath? No, but seriously, I really thought it was going to be terrible, and I thought I was really going to suffer through it terribly. Um. So I well, I think certainly. Um, we should get because this movie made a little bit of money at the box office, but it, it's it's probably a good punching bag because the director Jared Hess. This was his second film, and his first movie at the time was what I would call a legitimate cultural phenomenon. His first movie was a movie called Napoleon Dynamite, which oh. really became was everywhere for a little while when it came out. Um, so you know, it's kind of. Um, it's tough when your first movie is is it be, becomes that big to to follow up on it. So, uh, my first question to you is: Did you like Napoleon Dynamite? When I first saw it, I did. I really did. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I th- I thought it was pretty funny too. I saw it in the theater, and uh, so did I. Yeah, it got a little, you know, it, it was a little overexposed, but you know, I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny. Um, so so here we have this. This came out in two years after that. It stars the aforementioned Jack Black. As a uh, as a monk who works at an orphanage in Mexico, uh, he says, I believe he said his father was Scandinavian and his mother was Mexican, or maybe it was the opposite. And they they left him at an orphanage, and he he now works at the orphanage he grew up at, uh, cooking meals 
uh, but they're underfunded. So he ends up, much like his character in uh, Kung Fu Panda, he's a bit of a dreamer, and he ends up moonlighting as a luchador, a Mexican professional wrestler, in order to uh, get nicer things for uh, his children. Right, always had the passion to be a luchador as well. Yeah, despite knowing that, you know, the the church as a whole would not accept him. Um, I'm trying to think where to go with this. Um, It's sort of... I think Jared Hess, the director's style, was already kind of overdone by this point. Like it's it, like watching this, I was really uh, struck by how much he—I don't want to say rips off, but he's de- he's definitely like in terms of what the music is and sort of the the overall like surrealistic mood of the humor in it. He's very much indebted to Wes Anderson. Um, I didn't know actually until I just looked at Beck did some of the music for it. Really? Yeah, and that, that makes sense because it's like one of the trademarks of um, uh, Wes Anderson is his usage of music that maybe doesn't quite fit. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen The Life Aquatic, did not but see the that. whole soundtrack to The Life Aquatic is this Portuguese guy singing David Bowie songs in Portuguese. <laughs> And it's kind of this is kind of a similar thing, like there's there, the music doesn't quite fit, but that's kind of on purpose, I think. Interesting. And um, I mean, I I didn't think it was that funny. I, I guess I laughed a couple of times, but it was more like more like quick chuckles. Like a there was a a scene where his, his Nacho's love interest comes to his bedroom, and he says, "I'm about to go to bed," and he she's like in a. Uh, in a ruffled shirt and trousers, and he's like, it is my PJs. I, I laughed a little bit at, at that. And then uh, he, Nacho's like, there was another part where Nacho's like, I know who can help me, and his high, his sidekick is goes, uh, God? And he goes, no! Like, it's the most ridiculous suggestion in the world. For some reason, that made me chuckle a little bit, too. Um, but yeah, this didn't do it for me for the most part. I, I saw this in the theater, and I hadn't seen it since. And I remember like it not doing much for me, and it didn't do much for me this time around either. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, I th- they they depend highly on pratfalls and you know slapstick. There's not really that much comedy to the movie. It's you know someone gets verb- hit and falls down. Yeah, and, the verbal comedy is there, but it's very dry. Uh, not only is it dry, but it's it's uh, it all plays off of um, facial tics and you know um, what would be what would be the you know little movements like goofy movements you know what I mean I didn't understand you know I mean I understand you know he's trying to be funny and goofy when he's you know revving the engine yes you know and it's um his his accent coming comes and goes did you think that was on purpose or not no I don't think that was on purpose I kind of don't think so either I, I feel like that's a little bit too meta of a joke the the weird the weird things you know where the woman was climbing through the the holes in the wall to get up to you know how'd you get up here so fast there's a holes in the wall yeah i don't know it just it was it felt like it was trying really really hard and they put all their all their backing in jack black and everything he was doing yeah well i mean there's you know i i think jack black is a talent and there's there's certainly a place for him in the world of movies but i think if you look at jack black's filmography um, there's only been a couple of times where he's totally carried a movie. The, the Jackal. One that, the one I can. The one that comes to mind readily is School of Rock. Um, Never saw it. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's a really good movie. Um, 
Yeah, like like he's been in plenty of good movies, but none of them. Johnny are... Skidmarks. Yeah, right. Johnny Skidmarks. <laughs> Never Ending Story three. Tro- Tropic Thunder is a hilarious movie. Agreed. Yeah. Um... Underrated movie, Airborne. I haven't watched that in a long, long time. We might have to bag that. I both li- I like both the Jumanji movies, but those are ensemble movies. You know, it's like like all his best stuff. Orange County, I really like, but he's a supporting character in that. Um, it, Never saw that either. It's Colin seemed, Hanks, right? Yeah, I re- that might be that might go in the bag. Um, yeah, I mean, it. What I'm saying is, or, or even something like High Fidelity, which I really, really love, like. My point is, I think maybe a little Jack Black goes a long way. Agreed. Um, you know, it's just, th- this movie rests on his shoulders. And and I think he does what he can with the material, but it's just... Yeah, how, how many times can he do his little... It's a one-joke movie. Exactly. Yeah, that, exactly. That's, that's exactly it, yeah. Great point. Um, but but th- here's what I'll say. I think the trailer did not do this movie justice. No? Along with Super uh, Super Troopers, the trailer, I would never have saw, I ne- ne- never would have saw that movie just by the trailer. I thought it would have been the worst movie I ever saw in my entire life. Super Troopers ended up being a hilarious romp of police. Great Tom film. Fullery. Great right. film. Great film. Shenanigans, if you will. Right, yeah. You say shenanigans one more time, I'm going to pistol it. Did you know that this was loosely based on a true story? No, I did not. Yeah, this guy, Sergio Gutierrez Benitez, is a Mexican priest who supported an orphanage for 23 years as a Lucha Libre wrestler. While performing, he wore a red and yellow mask and used the ring name Frey Tormenta. He made only sporadic in-ring appearances in the 2000s before retiring completely from wrestling in July 2011, but still wears his mask even in his duties as a priest. Frey Tormenta means Friar Storm in English. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's kind of I gotta be honest. I mean, hey, to get all those actual luchadors to perform in the movie, I thought that was, you know, that's a nice homage to the sport and to, yeah, the, to uh, the culture. The main villain that he fights in the end, Ramses, is played by Silver King, who is one of the uh, one of the more popular Mexican luchadors who actually died last year. Yeah, as I was watching the end credits, it would say someone's name and they would have their actual, you know, luchador name. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm shocked they actually, because they're so serious about that shit in Mexico that, like, um, a lot of them don't even reveal their real names. Right, and I know that, you know, demasking is uh, severely... Yeah, well, that's actually, you know, I mean, if you want to get real wrestling nerdy about it, in, the, in the last fight, he uh, he unmasks uh, Nacho, and that's actually, in Lucha, that's typically an automatic disqualification. Um, and that's the other thing, too, is they never... Um, they kind of want to have it both ways as far as like and that's a problem like if you're if you're making a movie about wrestling it's it's a problem that i think they all run into is that like how much do you acknowledge that this right. is all bullshit right <laughs> like, with authenticity or yeah. what, what you want to keep you know like it seemed like they wanted to pretend like wrestling was actual fighting which i guess it's probably a little more serious and actually maybe not like because like it's so acrobatic and stuff it might even come off as less serious in mexico so yeah, I mean, it's like it seems like they acknowledge that it's like a um, that it's that it's theater, but they also like he really gets his, him and his sidekick really <laughs> really get their ass whooped. Which, by the way, the less said about that sidekick, the better. Like, I didn't think he was very funny. I, it's funny because I thought he, I thought he did really well. Really? Yeah, I enjoyed him. What about Peter Stormare's one scene? 
That was kind of strange, huh? What was that? At one point in time, uh, uh, Nacho's sidekick takes him to this guy who's supposed to be like a mystic who tells him to climb up the side of a mountain and eat oh. an eagle egg. Oh, right. Like, it's just... Like that, that was not needed. That was that's the thing that that was the director like really trying to go back to these weird non sequiturs that he did a good job with in uh, Napoleon Dynamite that I just didn't I didn't think quite worked as well here. No. Yeah. All right. So tell me, what do you feel? Oh. Uh, what are you throwing? Uh, <laughs> Viking broadswords. I'm, va- I'm vacillating between four or five. I'm gonna say five. Okay. You know what? I'm going to say five, too. All right, five. Straight to, straight down the middle. Exactly. Malcolm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on uh, to 2000's Lil Bow Wow. Once again, a J-Pick. This is an album <laughs> in, This is an album entitled Beware of Dog, uh, made by... Uh, Jermaine Dupree. So, so deaf. Right. Uh, tell us why this went in the bag. Never heard... Uh, Never listened to Little Bow Wow. Had no respect for him as an artist. Still don't. Uh, exactly. We, we, so. we can get to that. But I mean, I was just thinking in my head of of something I would never listen to, <laughs> and that's why Aaron Carter, <laughs> Hanson, and Little Bow Wow came up. Stay tuned, baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> LFO. Apparently, his next album, but it was called Doggy Bag. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> that's actually pretty funny. Um, that sounds like that'd be like a Weird Al Yankovic album. Lil Bow Wow is the nom de plume of a gentleman named Shad Moss, born in 1987, which, uh, uh, if anybody's bad at math, means he was uh, um, 13 years old when this album came out. And I'm I'm just going to cut right to the chase here. Um, This album as a whole made me really, really uncomfortable. Uh, I agree, especially talking about having shotguns exactly. and guns and the For me, it was a lot of like, yo, girl, I'm a blah, blah, this, that, and the other thing. It's like, yeah. the I, I just kept thinking about how, um, what his parents' deal was that they let like him get sexualized at this early age. I agree. Like, I, I really, I found it deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, when he said that, uh, older women want to show or show me about sex. I was yeah. Like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, there was, and then the fact that like I'm sure that he did not write a line in this album. I, I, I don't, I don't believe that he did. He even raps like Jermaine Dupree, who I guess was like his mentor at this point. Like even like if you track one. Uh, there's a line where he references O.J. Uh, o. Simpson. It's like nobody, like if you gave anybody born in 1987 a pen and paper, especially at 13, and were like, write some rhymes, O.J. Simpson is not a punchline that they're going, <laughs> like that's, he was he was seven years old when that all happened. Right. Like it's, wow, that's it's, a very good point. It's just not something that's going to be in his frame of reference. So like if you're going to write, write shit for this kid, like try to make it sound like stuff that he might have actually come up with on his own. It's something about candy. And, well, there's you know, some of that too. Right. Um, there's a line... I got I gotta find it. Um, so there's a few guests, uh, Jermaine Dupree, who like I said seem to be, and then of course Snoop Dogg shows up because Snoop Dogg will show up in anything if the if the price is right. Uh, Debrat's in it. Debrat. Uh, there's a guy named Doc who just really just sounds like a store brand Jay Z to me. Yeah, yeah. I actually thought it was Jay Z at one point when he rapped that one time. Yeah. yeah that sounded uh, that was pretty impressive to be honest with you. I forget what song it was. Uh, I believe it was the very first track. Uh, no, the second the second track that he sang on actually is the one that I enjoy a little bit more. Because that that one was way better. 
than um, the first one, I felt. I mean, I literally, like, there would be no way for me to... Like, it would like I listened to this album twice, and there would be really be no way for me to tell you what my favorite song on it was. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't like Ghetto Girls, where he compares girls' hair like T-Boz. What, what did he say? Like, uh, that's and it's funny that it's funny that you went there because that was actually the the song that I just pulled up because the lyrics really made me uncomfortable. Um, yeah, that song uh, "Bounce with Me." He's talking about girls clapping their butts together. Others <sighs> clap, clap. Hey, you know what I? You know what I didn't notice now that I just pulled this up. That he he does shout out a low down, dirty shame in the one song. Does he really? Yeah, in Ghetto Girls, he says like what Jada was peaches in the movie Shame. Oh damn! Hard to you be- love it now. <laughs> yeah, he's my favorite now. Um, yeah, so this song's called Ghetto Girls, and he's. Uh, Snap like I snap, and I get a little crazy. I love that, especially when they bout the cheese, the type that won't front for some Mickey D's. <laughs> Bandanas to barrettes, Daisy Dukes to spandex. <laughs> I like him G-H-E-T-T-O. Now believe me, she gotta go at the corner store, buying up all the sweets, from choo-choos to Rice Krispie treats on my street. <laughs> That's all I see, like, every day, and they do what they do in a crazy way play with the ballers so you never pay and they usually got a name that's hard to say <laughs> well but we, oh, we gotta go bohemian i'm sorry go ahead spoken word spoken word oh man there was there was one other line i forget what song it was but it was like i like like he was being creepy to a girl and he's like i'll take you to disney world or something yeah it was i it's just all this is just all not and you know what? It's 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 it's, it's, explo- it's, a, it's exploited. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and I, I it's, think Jermaine Dupri just was like, you know what? I'm going to take this kid. I'm going to write a bunch of stuff. He's going to say it, and then we're we're going to make a bunch of money off of it. Yeah, and they probably did. And you yes, know what? They did. It turned out that he had some talent beyond this because he's had like a pretty nice career as an adult. You know, like Mike, that movie, right? Where he... Yeah, yeah. There was a, he's a. I mean, he's been in quite. He was in. Uh, well, maybe not. He was in Roll Mounts. That was a lead role. Johnson Family Vacation. Okay. I mean, look, he maybe he's not doing as well as I thought, but he's he's working. Oh, he was in The Masked Singer. I didn't know. What was he? Was he a judge or? He was the no. He sang, man. He was the frog. Oh wow. That's <laughs> so. That's where I was gonna say his career's doing okay, but if he was on The Masked Singer, maybe not. Although it does appear that he's reprising his role from the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift in next year's Fast 9. Uh-oh. You'll be there. Dude, are you kidding me? At least least twice. That is funny. And apparently there was a documentary about him made in 2011 called Who is Shad Moss? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we get into that that area, though, where it's like we were the kids that, that were protected by... You know, um, we weren't sexualized. You know what I mean? We we, we didn't we didn't have that aspect. No, but, no, my I was my my upbringing was honestly just the opposite. Right. And, and now, do you feel that that's our that's our Nordically father? Uh, you know, feelings being brought in here because I agree with you. I feel that no kid should be singing about this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just it's it's just, I don't know. Like it, it's a tough thing because. 
kids I, kids I, change I, though. I mean, like maybe maybe he really was this. Maybe he really was thirteen and was like, "Mom, Dad, I want to be a gangster rapper," but I don't think so. I I just I really believe he was probably pushed into it. And Jermaine Dupri was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm going to make some money off you or something. Yeah. Bling, bling. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's what they say in one of the songs. They're like, Jermaine, what do you say? And he said, bling, bling. Really? Yeah, that's they a... started quoting one of his started quoting one of his old songs. That wasn't Jermaine Dupri. That was a... Uh, yeah, that was a Birdman. Bird, one, one uh, no, it was... Uh, ooh, ooh, you're close. It was one of the No Limit artists. I yes, can't remember bling, which bling. one. Every time I come around the city, bling, bling. bling. I, can go on, I can go on the back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll <laughs> listen to that. Uh, I mean, any other observations about Beware of Dog? Uh, yeah, Beware of this album. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Was this the wor- was this the worst audio punching bag so far? Was this the worst? Oh yeah. No, I don't believe so. What do you think the worst audio punching bag thus far <laughs> sublime. was? Sublime. Oh my god. Yes, Sublime was the worst. Oh, uh, I was gonna mention. Uh, I, Shoot, I, I, I mentioned last week that I watched. Um, well, well, let's wrap this up. I, I give I give this one one uh, one Viking broadsword. Uh, hold on, wait a minute. I don't want to. I don't want to copy you, but I think I might have to. We're going. We're going twin ones. We're going. We're going eleven, 11. next to each other, these but amps, they're these, just brothers. These, these amps go to eleven, my friend. Yes. Uh, so what I was going to say was, um, so I watched this movie, uh, Pick It Up, about '90s ska, which. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't want to take credit for this thought, but it, one of the things that really um, uh, instilled in me was a growing sense of my own mortality, <laughs> which is there was a part where the old one of the old horn players from Real Big Fish is out in Times Square and is like flagging people down. He's like, hey, do you guys know about ska music? And man, a lot of people didn't. Wow. <laughs> and like. Like a couple people, like he'd be like, "Well, you know, no doubt," and they'd be like, "Yeah, we know, no doubt." Like it was, right. just, it's just very strange to me that it was just like that was such a huge movement in our childhood, and it's just gone now. It's very anyway. It's it's like if that's some, like if you ever even dabbled in Scott, it's probably worth watching. It's it's not. It doesn't um co- concentrate too long on any one thing. And what it, what it, are the bands featured in there? Is it just Real Big Fish, or no? It's it's uh, you know they it's actually narrated by Tim Armstrong from uh, Rancid and Op Ivy. Um, they talk to uh, they talk to the dude from Real Big Fish quite a bit. But, the uh, lead singer or the uh, the lead singer, yeah. And then there's the, one of the horn players from uh, the Boss Tones, uh, John Feldman from Goldfinger. They talk is is featured quite heavily. Uh, Mike Park from uh, Skank and Pickle and the Bruce Lee Band. Um, Monique from Save Ferris, okay. um, you know all the all the all the big ones, I guess. And then uh, the reason the reason you, you, I thought of this again is because uh, Bradley Knowles' uh, girlfriend or wife or whatever she was was like was talking about how they hated date rape and like they wished they'd never written it or something. And it's like, well, that's easy to say now. See, but I thought that movie was anti-date rape. I thought that whole song was anti-date rape. Well, they just uh, her explanation of it was they just they didn't feel that song represented them as a band, and that was like kind of their first little underground hit. So, okay. I don't know. Like, I, from what I understand and everything that I've read about Sublime, is everybody says they were a major fucking pain in the ass to deal with. So, I feel like that song more that song represents them just fine. But you know, maybe too, since the guy's been gone twenty five years, we're rewriting history a little bit at this point. Okay. Um, 
I think they could have, um, they could have maybe, you know, like they, they kind of breeze over like Operation Ivy and that stuff pretty quickly. And, you know, you probably, you probably could have talked about that a little longer. Of course they could, but they, they, they didn't get that radio play like yeah. Shay Ferris did with Come On Eileen. I mean, I mean what, what, what was their other hit song that was, that got radio play? Nothing. They did a cover song. Yeah, that was it, man. And, um, yeah, well, uh, so I guess the um, the uh, the first uh, the the first the what was the the first the f- they were saying the first like real deal ska song that really got on the radio was Time Bomb by Ranson in '95 with Toby in the music video from H2O running around. He was that guy. <laughs> if you listen to the the podcast that he does, man, that was annoying. I would never listen to that. No, no offense. Uh, no, yeah, don't, don't, don't listen to it. It's, it's pretty unbearable. Um, hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> true that, true that, true that. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like, it was interesting how like, you know, they they kind of talked about how they're like, yeah, you know, Scott's kind of was kind of the music for the geeks, you know, mm-hmm. and the weirdos, and and it's it's interesting when you think about like how. Like they were kind of spelling out how trends went, like, like you know, Nirvana, like grunge, kind of died in '94 when Kurt Cobain died, and then from like '94 to '97, pop punk was really big because of Green Day, and then that like, is very true. and yeah. then the and then when Impression That I Get came out, ska was huge for maybe like two or three years. Right, the Zoot Suit kind of like you yeah, know, yeah, the uh, the swing cherry thing, pop and daddies, yeah, yeah, the swing thing happened for a few seconds in there, and then uh, by 2000, it was all about you know, Corn and Limp Bizkit and the Deftones and shit like that. Yeah, there was a there was a boy band aspect around there in the '90s as well, like late '90s, '98, what '97. Well, and that's yeah. that's the funny thing. One of the funny things that I thought the singer from Real Big Fish said is he he's like, yeah, there's this interesting thing where like because we're on the radio, we were on the radio in the '90s, like we get lumped in, you know, with these '90s bands where you know you'll you'll come you'll come upon people that are like, yeah, you know, I like you know '90s music, I like like. The Wallflowers and Britney Spears and Marilyn Manson and Real Big Fish and you, you know what I mean. Well, like, it's understandable, yeah. Well, I mean, what, what, they're they don't want to be associated with those that with that stuff or that no, era? no, no, no. He seems very, very appreciative because they 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 ask like he he that guy in particular seems very very modest and like because <sighs> they asked him like the singer yeah they asked him like you know how do you, like how do you keep going like how do you keep the kids coming out to your shows and he was just very he's like he's like well we try to play the songs we know people want to hear <laughs> it's like i yeah. saw i saw a video of him one time he was walking around a show and he kept he kept yelling is that the guy from real big fish and then he'd like turn his head and like walk away pretend he didn't say it well it was pretty cringy it was pretty embarrassing well i mean you know if you like he's got a very if you listen to their especially the that record with the the hit songs on it i mean he's got a very particular sense of humor i guess uh, fair enough but uh well, so what's the name of that uh it's called it's called pick it up which pick one it of, up yeah okay, one, I'll have to check that out yeah one of my one of my notes though was that it it was right there how do you not call especially considering how pun happy that scene is how do you not call that movie scockumentary Wow. I mean, it's it's right there. <laughs> that would have been good. They're probably kicking themselves now. Hearing this on the podcast, why didn't we do it, I y'all? Might, uh, dude, I might start a 47th wave ska band just to call it Scockumentary. Oh, my gosh. Let's do it. I'll, I'll join, too, bro. Well, we you know we talked about not having room in the van. <laughs> if you got horn players, there's, there's really not any room in the van. Well, bro, I'm tall. 
Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm hot. I can shred. I love Step Brothers. I laugh at that. So What um, about Big Trouble in Little China? Well, I don't laugh at that. I'm afraid of that. Are you a Chad? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I would give I would give Pick It Up uh, seven out of ten. Wow. Viking, Viking broadswords. I will have to see it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, uh, I I watched it uh, in a less than legal fashion. Don't okay. don't come after me, internet. That's fine. That's fine. But uh, I'm sure you can buy it on Amazon or whatever. And that's uh. Certain... Well, hold on. We gotta get back to the subject as him. And why does dogs? Breath stink, dude. When when were we talking about that? I don't know. When I July first, you reverse. You know what I'm saying? What was what was, what was <laughs> the one thing that TJ thought we were talking about that we couldn't remember, like queefing or something? Uh-huh. Uh huh. We're talking about that. No. There was there was one thing where he mentioned where we anyway. Okay. It's, it's time to end the show. It's, yes. It's, it's it's been it's been plenty. We've covered things. There's been laughs. We've laughed. We've cried. We've hurled. Yes. And uh, that, you guys have been July first officially. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and July 1st reversed. Remember, go to DiscountCemetery.com. It's uh, the sponsor of the show. Yes, for uh, sure. Enter Not Nordic and check out for 25% off uh, all of your uh, horror and exploitation film-related merchandise. We should start the show with that. We should start being one of those kind of podcasts. Hey, guys, you want a T-shirt? Check out, you know. Hey, listen, I, I, I'll put it out there. We are 100% in the market for sponsors. I will I will shill for uh, uh, boner pills. I'll talk about uh, what Bluetooth. Are, uh, yeah, audible.com. Well, we're just um, giving them free promotion right here, so shut up. <laughs> what, what, are, what are the other big ones? I'll I'll do uh, Nature Box. I don't give a fuck. Show me show me the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and by the way, if we do not know you and you listen to this podcast, oh yeah, yeah, so, please contact us at notnordicpod at gmail and we will ship you wherever you are. We're talking France. We're talking Australia. The down under. I'm talking Germany. I'll ship it to Mars. I don't. I don't give a fuck. Whoa, I'm, cr- I'm crazy like that, dude. He's got his rocket set and he's building it. He's putting two booster packs on there. No. And the president is trying. The president Parachute. is trying to end the postal service. So shipping Whoa, things bro, might not already, be. They already stopped. Jenny Lewis and Ben Gibbard. They don't do shows anymore. So he succeeded a long time ago. In my in my in Why my do dogs breath smell. Sorry. All right, dude, that's that's enough. <laughs> Discountcemetery.com. We'll we'll see you next week. I'm Chuck. I'm Jay. And we are not Nordic. Not Nordic. Good Nordic night. Bye.